0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson, now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: In fact, let's get uh, David online here and we'll talk about the Italian Grand Prix from last week. David, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks very much, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be on it again, as always.
1: And I was just oh. telling the listeners, it was amazing how much fun a Formula, a Formula One race can be when, uh, when Mercedes isn't dominating the race. Yeah,
2: well, unfortunately, you better get ready for another one tomorrow by the look of things. Yes, it was it made for an instant Grand Prix. Um, as always, as I've always said, luck played a huge part of it because it was ghastly. Uh, was incredibly lucky because he just made his pit stop. Uh, And, of course, they let Lance Stroll change his tyres in the pits under a red flag, which is counter to all that ever used to happen for me. I mean, you weren't supposed to touch the car under a red flag. And um, there he was, changing his tyres. gave, So, anyway, he really would have finished about, you know, uh, six or seven. So, but... uh, they did make, for instance, racing, which of course has, has reintroduced all that stuff we went through last year about having reverse grids. Um, and Ross Braun, who I this one, said that uh, they go to so, <laughs> so people may get their wishes again. So I don't think the drivers are telling people that
1: well, and you certainly saw that last week where you had uh, Hamilton because of the it was an obvious violation and it wasn't necessarily, you, you can't really, I, I, I mean, the team took the blame for it, but you could see it. Uh, playing as plain as day from the in-car coverage that uh, he he did pit under red flag conditions. Uh, yes. But you had a you had a situation with Hamilton coming up through the field, and then he had the unfortunate situation with Kimi Raikkonen with the Alpha Team, who went with uh, I guess with the softer tires and should have went with the mediums and just dropped like a rock. So you had one driver going up and one one driver unfortunately falling through the field.
2: You did, um, and that and that was a bit unfortunate for Kimi uh but on the other hand I think Hamilton's uh display of mastery at the situation was still again. when you think that he finished up seven seconds or eight seconds whatever it was and two places behind Valtteri Botas, his teammate who of course you know had been um duke it out never could get never could get above about fifth and uh and how to pull to the
1: entire field, caught up with him. Yeah, I think that's a good point with Botas, because, I mean, when was the last time, well, I, I guess the the unfortunate, I guess you could say fortunate or unfortunate, uh, depending on your thinking, is, you know, Botas hasn't been in that situation in a while where he has to battle for position with these guys as close, because usually he's following behind uh, uh, Hamilton in clean air, so... I yeah. think it's an interesting you know, situation where, you know, is he playing safe? I, in, in my opinion, he's the ultimate number two guy because he's never going to challenge uh, uh, Hamilton for that number one position. We've seen, especially in, in Formula One with politics, when you have two number one drivers on a team, it can definitely cause issues. But in this case, Botas, I think, is the, the ultimate number two driver.
2: Uh, he's the perfect number two driver for Lewis, as was Ruben Barrichello for Michael Schumacher. I mean the same thing i mean he was quick enough to beat everybody else but he was never quick enough to beat michael um he could have done on occasion there's no doubt about it i think they stole a couple of races from him which really wouldn't have made much difference to the world championship uh but it it certainly would have made a big difference to his resume when you look at the you know wins and losses and that sort of thing but um but you're right uh does make a perfect second and um you know, guys like him are always saying, well, we might have to go somewhere else." But the fact is, you know, where else would you go? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then and, you get. Go ahead.
2: Well, I got to say, the other big news, of course, is this week is Vettel going to the Aston Martin team this year, which is now Racing Point, which has already just changed its name. Well, it's now it's going to change it again to Aston Martin. I, you know, I think that's a big. Re- I don't. I don't see him doing necessarily any better at racing point and he's doing it Ferrari himself but um, <sighs> difficult no, the, the, he wants to stay in racing um, it, well in formant one he doesn't want to do anything else I don't think um, but we have an interesting season coming up with um, we've a few more races this what, are we, what are we going to end up with this year 17 races is it Total. I believe so yeah yeah which actually considering they didn't start till July um is
1: pretty damn good. <laughs> well, and I wanted to bring up uh, Pierre Gasly, because here you have a situation where, you know, Pierre Gasly on the, on the second, basically, the second-tier uh, Red Bull team, go, goes out, wins a Grand Prix, and everybody's like, wow, I can't believe he got demoted. And then you have a situation this morning where he doesn't make it out of Q1. So, <laughs> and I think it kind of, it, it, you know, I, I think you understand why now he's, you know, why why he's there and not at Red Bull, correct?
2: Well, exactly. And uh, I, I, I'm disappointed in the Honda engine this year. Although today, you know, Verstappen ended up just a, hundreds behind uh, Botas and Hamilton. So the Honda, and this is a high-speed track again, um, although um, not as fast as last week. Uh, what was the speed this year Pole, you know?
1: today I do not know but I, no. I, I thought I, I thought Red Bull was a little lo- was closer I think they were only uh, three three to five tenths off so, yeah. so they were it yeah. was yeah. it was a tighter field than it was last week
2: yes a lot tighter and uh, so I mean Honda must be fairly satisfied with that and uh, but I mean the Gasly Fiat I mean this is only the second time this year that Fiat has out qualified Gasly uh, so Gasly certainly seems to be the absolute number one in that AlphaTauri team, um, the second Honda group. And uh, is he better than Albon? I mean, he was giving Albon a hard time last week, uh, and he gave him a hard time at Silverson. So I think Gasly is probably pretty good. I think I think he's probably better than Albon himself. But um, I think they made that snap decision last year and moved. Gasly down, and I and I don't think they're going to make another step to move him back up again. Um, they're going to give Albon a bit more time, which they probably should have given Gasly a bit more time.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, you you can go either way with that with that, but especially with his performance today, I think he he was disappointed, and I'm sure the team was uh, disappointed yeah. at that. Um, it is interesting, though, when you look at uh, Perez you know, moving on where he might end up with the racing points, like you said, soon to be Aston ah. Martin. Uh, but, you know, Vettel, you had uh, Leclerc qualify fifth. Was That was quite a surprise because Ferrari had not been showing any speed. Vettel right. is way in the back. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's pretty much checked out for the year, hasn't he? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I really do. And to be honest... I'm not sure
2: that he hasn't checked out of Formula One, really. I mean, yes, they've given him another drive. But the fact is that last year and the year before, he had some pretty diabolical mistakes. He's made some pretty diabolical mistakes for a four-time world champion. And, um, I, and I, you know, I, obviously he's dispirited and he's lost interest in all, all the other clichés, you know. And so he feels down and out. But, um, you know, in Formula One, you can't afford to do that, as Gasly showed as he showed last week
1: <laughs> yeah certainly and of course this week they're in uh, the, it's the Tuscan Grand Prix at Mugello is it and yeah. did you have a race there I don't know if you have a race it opened up I think it's 74 well that track. ask me who won the first ever race at the new Mugello would that be
2: you <laughs> I was going to google it before I spoke to you um but I did win at Magello in its first year, 1974, in the Carl Hogan's Formula 5000 car. We ran it in England for a few races. We ran at Silverstone, and I won that. Uh, we ran at Mallory Park, and I did not win that. And then we went off to do some races in, in uh, Italy and uh, Europe. And Guy was with us. Guy was with his girlfriend, Kathy. And we went off to Italy and had a fantastic time. The circuit is only just a very few miles from France. And um, we had a very good run. And um, it rained for the race. It rained like hell. In fact, today, they would never have started it. But of course, in those days, you know, it rained. And um, I don't know where I qualified, but I overtook a lot of people very early on and swept into the lead. And uh, then they red flagged the race. So they said it was too wet. And then, the Italian organizers tried not to pay me my money. Because <laughs> in those days, you know, you, you, they gave you starting money, you'd go for a starting money and they'd pay you prize money as well. And they didn't want to pay because they said, well, yeah, but senior Hobbs, the race is shorter, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, yeah, but we still come 2,000-bar round trip to get here, go home again. By um, anyway, the they did cough up the dough in the end, but it was a bit of a season <laughs> <laughs> but I I got to Google, that. See, I, I think I won that race. And I think it, it might have been the first ever race in New Zealand.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Uh and I guess it hasn't changed that much. I thought it was interesting that actually had an uh, on uh, Sky Sports had an interesting uh with our with our favorite saltine cracker Martin Brundle. Um yeah. With the that sweeping that that last sweeping turn before the pits, and yeah. how the F1 drivers are driving it right on the edge on the outside, n- yeah. not even yeah. pretending to hit any type of apex. What was what 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 were your thoughts on that when you saw that? I don't
2: know. There must be some maybe there's a sort of camber in the road that we can't see very well, uh, and they finding the outside. It is a bit odd, I have to say, and uh, I'm not quite sure. Why they're doing that, and of course you, know, you enter the pits off that as well. So you flash into the pit entry at some god almighty speed.
1: Yeah, because they're 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 going to be really have to be hard on the binders to get into pits because yeah. it's not they a are, long pre. I mean, this is not I'll, your this is not your modern Formula One track. So and I mean, obviously it has a few pitchers. design
2: tweaks. <laughs> Ideal, as we say. yesterday with Perez and Vettel. I mean. So they're going to have to modify that a bit, I think. Um, but I think it's a great track, and uh, I think all the drivers should absolutely love it. Um, but of course, I, I suppose Elf and some sort of slow it down, and your gains in and I don't know if they have another race there, but, but it obviously deserves a race. It's obviously, it's a great location, and it's a great track. I mean, it's a lovely track.
1: It certainly is. We're talking to David Hobbs and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline on the final inspection show. And where, where do you think Sergio Perez is gonna end up next year?
2: I have absolutely no idea and I can't think where he'll want to go. Um, I really can't. Uh, he can't go to Rodell, he can't go to McLaren, he can't go to Ferrari. Um, I mean, I'm seeing see Gunther Steiner from Haas saying, well, he's well, I should think he would be from Gunther Steiner's point of view, but sure. I, I can't see. I think, could you see Sergio Perez want to go drive a Haas? I mean, you know, um, he'd probably end up at Alfa Romeo. PB Reich will probably retire and he'll probably end up at Alfa Romeo. I can't think of where else he could possibly go.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Especially... He, he,
2: brings, he, he brings a lot of money, though.
1: He does, and that's very important.
2: And Alpha Romeo might be very glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Interesting. Did you see the uh, news, I think it was earlier today, about Formula One? If you want to be a new team, you have to bring in, like, $200 million to the other teams?
2: (laughs) Indeed. They do make it easy to join, do they?
1: No, I mean, especially (laughs) if if you lose another team. I mean, I think at this point, wouldn't you want to promote? I mean, you and I had a discussion a couple of years ago when we had Marussia and you had the Virgin Team and all these and I I loved yeah. it. I I think the more the Merrier and you weren't too happy about it. But I mean, I I, I it's not like the late eight, I don't I don't think it has to be like the eight, late 80s when you had I mean, you had you actually had to do pre-qualifying and you had Pacific and you had all these small real yeah. minute new teams. But I mean, it would be nice to have another two three uh, teams in Formula 1.
2: Oh, I think it would be. I think, I think, you know, if you could get a 20, 20, 26, um, car grid, it would be better than 20, uh, obviously, as long as they're not all a lot slower. But I, I, no, I really think that they could do more teams. Um, and I remember the, the starting, the, the entry price, when they first had talked about reducing the cost of building um, the enterprise then was like 40 million, and I used to think, well, oh, good God, now it's 200 million. That seems to be totally counterproductive um, to um, the John Todd and the, and the Liberty Media who run for the one. It seems to be counterproductive to what they say they want, which is more teams and uh, smaller budgets. Uh, I mean, they're talking, mm-hmm. Uh, which is a lot smaller than the 500 million, but um, if it's a 200 million entry fee, it of doesn't help, does it?
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. And. Uh I'd quote here in a motorsport.com article that McLaren CEO Zach Brown said the arrangement would not only ensure that any new entrants are serious but it also protects the value of the current teams as a result uh sale of Williams to Doriton uh, Capital for about $180 million proved so and that's also dividing up the prize money too if you went from 11 teams to uh, 12 teams so I understand why they're doing it but I don't necessarily agree with it I guess
2: well, of course, the established guys have always been against uh, any extension because of the prize money. You know, uh, obviously, every new team that's in there it dilutes the prize money, um, and they don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> People are already there; don't want to do that. Yeah, it certainly is. No. Well, David, we we certainly appreciate you taking time out, and I, I don't know if you want to tell the listeners uh, your your recent upgrades you've had uh, installed.
2: Well, I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, orthopedic Hospital, which says congratulations on your new joint. So, you yeah, <laughs> know, I had a, a new knee on Tuesday, so it's still pretty sore. But uh, not sore, not too sore tap, chat to chat with you guys. So uh, hopefully I'll be up and running around in about oh, either two years.
1: <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out with us and uh, talking some Formula One, and uh, maybe we'll see you up uh, next week uh, for the uh, VSCDA event, the Fall Festival up at Road America. Maybe the listeners might uh, see you up there. So appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks very much, Steve. All right. Thanks, David. That was uh, David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas